When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to tell you my secret now. I see death. Silent train is people! No, I am the father of What's in the box? You Hello, and welcome to Slate's Spoiler Specials. I'm Allegra Frank, Senior Editor at Slate, and I'm joined by Slate staff writer Rachel Hampton. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, Allegra. Thanks for having me. Before I get into what we're spoiling today, I just want to say happy birthday, Rachel. It's Rachel's (laughs) birthday. (laughs) Thank you. We love a little March pandemic anniversary. <laughs> yeah, truly, truly. Yeah. It's not going to be Rachel's birthday when you're listening to this, but as we record, I'm just <laughs> going to make as many references to your birthday so that you can continue to feel somewhat sad about it being your second <laughs> pandemic birthday. Thanks. I love this vibe for myself. Um, I will, will I ever have a birthday where I don't think about the pandemic? Unclear. <laughs> <laughs> not with me around, at least, Rachel. <laughs> Um, Well, other than spoiling Rachel's birthday, we are here (laughs) to spoil Coming to America, and that's to, like, the number, which is the sequel, long-awaited sequel to the Eddie Murphy 1988 classic, I would call it a classic, Coming to America. Um, It it is out now on Amazon Prime after a couple pandemic-related delays, (laughs) as is the case these days. And Rachel and I have watched it, we have thought about it, and now we are going to spoil it. So, Rachel, (laughs) my first question to you before we really dive in is, what did you think of this movie? Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) we slacked a little bit about this as we were watching it, Mm -hmm. but I just, I thought it was really boring. Like, I, it's really hard to watch a movie in the pandemic anyway, like my attention span is completely shot. And so things really have to be engaging and like combined with the kind of screener of it all where your like email address is written across. It's like really hard to kind of get involved. But even with all of that, this movie was kind of uniquely just like not holding my interest at all. Like I was not invested in any of these characters. I wasn't invested in the romance, which is like normally what like keeps me going. It was just, like, I kept looking at Twitter throughout it, and I was like, Mm. this is not what I should be doing right now, because I'm also (laughs) watching this for work. Like, I have to actually pay attention. So, it just, like, I don't think it it built well on the first one. Like, it very much felt like a, we need to do a sequel, because it's, like, reboot era. Mm -hmm. So, let's do this. Totally. Yeah, I felt the same way. Yeah, when we were DMing and you were like, I was looking at Twitter and pausing the movie to look at Twitter. I was like, oh, girl, I am not even pausing. I'm straight up on Twitter, slacking you. I have one eye on this movie at this point. It felt endless at the same time, too. Like, it just felt like such a long movie. And I agree. It just it sort of feels as though there was some sort of obligation because yes, it's the reboot era, as you said. So there was some sort of obligation on Eddie Murphy's part, perhaps to dive into the, his oeuvre and find something (laughs) that they could very easily, maybe even cheaply, hastily bring back up, like resuscitate. I've read that they have been thinking about making a sequel for a couple years now. Although mm. at the same time, it's we've had sequelitis for many years now. So <laughs> that's probably still, you know, the, the thinking. Mm. So there is at least that sort of, okay, this is a little bit of a passion project for him. Like this is something he's been thinking about for some time. But yeah. we're going to get into the actual like nitty gritty how this movie runs. But I am completely on your page it Thank is boring. So yes. It's just like, for him to have been thinking about it for so long, 
where that came out the most, I think, was in the caliber of stars that he managed to bring together. Like, that was cool seeing how many, just how many people were involved in this. Like, it was like the who's who of Black Hollywood. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised if Will Smith showed up at some point. He did not. Sorry <laughs> to spoil that. But, Don't apologize. That's what yeah, we're doing. We're here to spoil it. Yeah, Will Smith does not show up, but he could have, and I wouldn't have been surprised. Mm-hmm. And so that felt kind of where most of the effort went. But other than that, I was just like, I I don't know why this exists. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, we'll get into some of the other kind of like fun appearances. Um, but let's dive into the movie itself. So mm-hmm. when we start, it picks up like, you know, in the present day. Mm-hmm. So thinking about the original movie set in 1988. So now we're zooming up back to or up to, I guess, 2020 or whatever, 2019, mm-hmm. present day. We're in Zamunda, the kingdom of Zamunda, and our beloved Prince Akeem, <laughs> a.k.a. Eddie Murphy, is now King Akeem, or he's about to be, because mm-hmm. his dad, King James Earl Jones, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> he's been on his deathbed for some time when we show up, which is like a sad thing to even consider ever possible. Yes, definitely. I was like, let's not put this into the universe. But also, I was really surprised that he wasn't king yet. Like, I was like, Mm -hmm. James Earl Jones wasn't, like, young when this movie first came out. Yeah. So, for Eddie Murphy to still be Prince at, like, 40 years? However old he is? Like, he has teenage children. I was just like... Clearly, we wanted James Earl Jones to still be in this movie. Like, it makes sense that this is, like, the passing of the torch. But I was just like, huh, okay. This is where, like, basically, he hasn't changed much since the last time we saw him. Like, his position's fundamentally the same. Yeah, exactly. So, it is a weird sort of start where we still have Prince Akeem kind of needing to ascend to his position Mm -hmm. as King Akeem. But at the same time, he is thinking about, you know his own heir to the throne. Mm-hmm. Like they're already working on this lineage. And as you mentioned, he does have teenage daughters um, whose names are like Tanache, which I yeah. thought was cute. Was you know, like, like <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you're just going through like my specific, like R and B playlist and finding mm-hmm. some black women names to steal. Like it could have been Beyonce and Solange. And, like, yeah. I was Kelly like, Rowland. where's Solange? Where's Kelly? Like, we're just going to have Tanache. And then what Mika is, I think his eldest daughter who is like theoretically the heir to the throne. Right. But apparently in Zamunda, the heir, the crown can't pass to women, which, you know, a little retrograde, but we- <laughs> I guess is the central tension of this entire uh, movie basically is who's going to be the heir to his throne. Exactly. So we're presented with, okay, he only has these daughters and Mika is now 21, which in the original movie, that's when Akeem was set to be, you know, married off so that he would have his future queen all set, Mm -hmm. which of course, you know, he ends up ditching that plan, going to America, Mm -hmm. marrying Lisa, the, heir of her own to her own throne to the mcdowell family fortune (laughs) the mcdowell family fortune which i mean i'm a fan of because they do have a mcdowell's outpost in zamunda now which is very fun Um, yeah love that callback (laughs) love that callback yeah but yeah so now as you said like there is that central tension of he has to find his heir but he is still presiding over this very patriarchal society that mm-hmm. because he's starting in the same position where we left him of not actually being the guy in charge, nothing has really changed in that sense. Like he yeah. still has to marry his daughter off or his oldest child off at 21. Like it's still an arranged marriage. It's still, he needs a son ideally. Like she can't be queen because it has to go to a male heir, but he doesn't have one. Um, but then of course, very shortly into this drama of <laughs> trying to marry off his daughter to ultimately a, a really shitty prince who shows up very shitty i forgot what his name (laughs) is but i was just like um okay but this is what's going on he is the son of the brother 
of the woman that Eddie Murphy was originally supposed to marry in Coming to America. Of what? Yes. What's the name of the country? Like Next Doria or something? Like. <laughs> It might as well be. It's like, like basically nothing. Yeah, I was like, okay, so I forgot the name of this country, but okay, here we go. Um, and so he, Eddie Murphy, doesn't want to marry his child off to this, like this guy's son, which is maybe like the first sign that Eddie Murphy has any thoughts about how to run this country. He's just yeah. like, I'm not gonna make my daughter marry this like trash individual. Then <laughs> James Earl Jones dies, basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is right. What launches kind of this tailspin, which is as James Earl Jones is dying, he's like, you need to have a son to put on the throne. And Eddie Murphy is like, yeah, sure, fine. And we find out that back during the setting of the original movie, he had had a one-night stand, a drugged one-night stand. Yeah, that was really... Please finish finish that, and I'll tell you my angry thoughts on that. Yeah, he had a one night stand. He had a one night stand. Yeah, him and um, Leslie Jones like have a night together because Eddie Murphy's friend, who was played by Arsenio Hall, whose name I'm forgetting, um, <laughs> Semi Semi. Yes, yeah. But so Simi wants to get some, basically, and he sets up Eddie Murphy with uh, Leslie Jones, and Leslie Jones gives him what I thought was a joint, but is laced with something else. Um, And so he hallucinates that he is getting attacked by, like, a wild boar or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is actually comes to fruit like light that he has a son from this drugged hallucinated encounter with leslie jones so the son is something like 30 like turning 30 that year so he just hasn't known about this child for 30 years because i guess simi assumed he was going to have a son with lisa but he doesn't um but please tell me your thoughts about this extraneous (laughs) bastard son born of a random hallucinated (laughs) dubiously consensual (laughs) encounter I will say I do love that he consistently refers to his son, whose name is Lavelle, mm-hmm. aka Jermaine Fowler, who yes. is beautiful, I yes. will say. Yes. Um, as his bastard son. Like even when he's introducing <laughs> him to mm-hmm. his children, yes. he's like, This is your brother, my bastard son. <laughs> yes. And by he gets to like the third daughter, Lavelle is just like, Yes, I am the bastard son. Please stop saying that. <laughs> they get it. Yes. But yeah, I mean, I thought that contrivance of like oh you do have a son i mean it's like you know it's a contrivance and that's Mm -hmm. fine i understand why they have to do it but the way they do it of like actually showing that scene of leslie jones and like you know de-aged eddie murphy having this horrible it's basically a rape right like he is literally drugged and it's played for laughs and that does not fly for me ever in my life, but like, especially in 2021, um, watching this now. So that was like an extremely disturbing detail that, you know, is meant to be like, oh, it's so funny. This is how he had his son. It was just like still weird roundabout way to introduce these characters that made me like immediately turned off by them. So like immediately I have this resistance, like Leslie Jones literally mm-hmm. raped the prince. And now this is their result and she's just like oh yeah okay that's cool i guess that is your dad i was a hoe which like yes is kind of funny but also jesus yeah it's like so they go to meet his they go to america to meet his son and it's just assumed that it is his son even though Mm -hmm. leslie jones admittedly said that she was a hoe which like live your best (laughs) whole life i mean don't drug anybody but like other than that we we are sexually positive here like Mm -hmm. live your best life but no one brings up the idea of a paternity test (laughs) like i'm just like wait so you're you self-admittedly did like you she looked when she met akeem again she looked at him she's like oh, yeah, you you are his father. And I was right? just like, wait, hold on. If we're having this moment, like, let's just do a little blood test. Like, like I I was really surprised. Because he's heir to, yeah. very, like, what looks like a rich country. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, no one has thought to raise the question of the paternity of this child. Like, this seems like a mistake. Like, I thought that I was going to be 
the tension at the end of the movie, I was like, okay, so he's going to go to Zamunda and they're going to do all this princely training and then someone's going to be like, get a paternity test. And then at the end, it's going to be like, you are not the father, but he's still going to be like a, like a son in his heart. Yeah. But that's not what happened. It's just assumed. <laughs> it's just taken right. for granted. <laughs> Yeah, it's like very, it's very bizarre. I honestly, I love this uh, headcanon that you just gave me <laughs> of an ending. I think that would have been really cool. Right. And interesting. Yeah. And then it's, Mika could have been queen and it would have been like, it would have made more yeah. sense where it would have just been like, okay, cool. Like she's queen because she is queen in her own right. Not because mm-hmm. like Lavelle decided to abdicate the throne, you know? But no. Right. <laughs> That's yeah, it's, it's, it is really lame, honestly, that like this has to be his biological son. And I get that he was like, I've never lain with another woman but Lisa. And then Arsenio Hall can straight up come and say, actually, you have because I was there. <laughs> um, but it is still like, OK, really, we're just like fast forwarding. Um, so, yeah, like he goes to America. He finds his son almost instantly, even though he lives in Queens. Yeah. And, you know, there are millions of people in New York City, but okay. Yeah. Um, af- he finds his son right after his son has gone to a really shitty job interview with Colin Jost. <laughs> with Colin Jost. <laughs> yes, I was like, Colin Jost really does play an asshole very well like you look at his face and you're like i want to punch you so i was like this this is a good role for you but also it just felt like so shoehorned in kind of Mm -hmm. it was like here's a short route to character development we're gonna put him in this job interview he's clearly like currently jobless he didn't finish call like it just felt like a lot of exposition in like mm-hmm. two or three minutes and that's just like the substitute for his entire character development like he pretty much right. doesn't change between that moment and the end of the movie exactly it's exactly that and of course like a job interview is kind of like an easy way to get all those details out because it's just like in your resume says you're the sage and mm-hmm. did this and blah 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 but yeah being that it's colin jost whose memoir i literally for some reason have in my apartment and it is called a very punchable face so wow <laughs> that is you nailed it i didn't like, even know that <laughs> it really does feel like speaking to what you were saying before even though he's a white dude but like getting the kind of who's who of mm-hmm. different people in hollywood so it's kind of like oh he's like you know we're adding another snl person in here since we got leslie jones tracy morgan plays um lavelle's uncle leslie jones's brother um so yeah after that job interview you know as Lavelle ceases to develop Eddie Murphy (laughs) Akeem Prince Akeem shows up and is like you are my son come with me and they're like well you're rich here's your suitcase that just fell open with tons of American dollars like thousands of dollars in it also gold and gold gold bricks with I think Eddie (laughs) Murphy's profile on them and I was yeah I was like this seems from a security perspective, not smart. Yeah, you would have you would have thought that they had learned from the first movie when <laughs> they were robbed many times, and it's fine. But they all fly back to Zamunda with um, you know Leslie Jones comes to and surprise they show up and he's like, by the way, Lisa, so I have a son. I didn't cheat on you though. I was. I slept with her and I didn't know about it. Yeah. And she's chill with that. Yeah. And I have a son and he's here and also her, his mom. And she's like, okay, this is a lot. And we're also like, okay, this is a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's this moment where she's like, why didn't I know about this? And I was like, he didn't know about this. Like, why are you not concerned about the fact that your, your husband had a drug like encounter Mm -hmm. that produced a son that he doesn't know about. Like, I feel like you should be concerned about his mental health. Exactly. I get that her primary concern is her daughter where she's like, why did you go all the way to America to find an heir when you had one right here? Right. Um, which, like, is objectively true. Like, I'm just like, Akeem, you already flouted <laughs> royal rules by not having an arranged marriage. Like, it's mm-hmm. one step further to be like, my heir is my oldest child who happens right. to be a woman. But exactly it's like where's the thought train here like what have you been doing for the past 21 years and none of this has occurred to you like 31 because that's how old Lavelle is like what has there been no growth in the last three decades of your life besides wanting to marry Lisa yeah 
that's part of, that's another sort of tension that they introduce after James Earl Jones dies and then Prince Akeem finally can become King Akeem. Something they talk about a lot is like, you need to be your own king. Just like same with Lavelle, you need to be your own prince as they're trying to train him to become a prince. At mm-hmm. the same time, it's like Akeem needs to actually like shirk these patriarchal, you know, ideals that have been leading this country and actually go with those more progressive choices that he did make in the original movie of like going to America and finding a wife. But then we see he's just basically becoming his dad um, in an interesting way, because like one of the key differences between this movie and the original, other than it being really bad, (laughs) because I'm a fan of the original movie and this movie sucks ass, but um, (laughs) um, is that Akeem, like most of it is not coming to America. It's coming back from America, right? Mm -hmm. So we're seeing a lot of Zamunda, which we didn't really get to see or learn about in the first movie. Um, And so a lot of the way we learn about Zamunda is through Lavelle being kind of trained to be a prince while Mika is very sad about it. Yeah. And we'll get into like the prince training, but as we're reintroduced or really fully properly introduced to Zumunda, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts were about, you know, how they presented it. Because I, that was something that really shaped me when, with the original movie. And then seeing now, like, okay, this is their conception of Africa, especially now, bothered me. So what did you think of, like, the Zumunda they started establishing for us? Yeah, it felt um, like much of the movie underdeveloped. Um, as a concept, I was just like, hey, there was just this tick where people would just be like, in Africa, and I'm like, you're not just like, you were in a specific country, like, let's, like, that's just one minor, like, vocal tick where I was like, can we not just say in Africa? And then <laughs> mm-hmm. there was also just like, it felt in a way like they were trying to evoke Wakanda, but it just didn't go anywhere. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just, I came away from it being like, what exactly is this country? What was the point of this? I kept comparing it to this, (laughs) I don't know if you read romance novels, but there's this romance novel by Alyssa Cole. And so it's kind of like a coming to America, like, playoff where this woman is like, her parents leave her like home country and she's raised in the foster care system in America. So she has no idea she's a princess. And the prince from that country comes to America to like bring her back because they're supposed to get married. And so this the country in that romance novel is just so much better developed than like Zamunda. I was just like, none of like I just kept comparing it both to that and to like the concept of Wakanda. And I was just like, I don't really understand what exactly this movie is supposed to be doing here. Right. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, especially they've had, this is the second movie starring this place. Mm-hmm. So they've had a, a pretty a, had good a amount of time. time to figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what bothered me, too. Like, definitely Leslie Jones, before they go over to Zamunda, she's like, oh, like Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, like, a lot of people, a lot of Americans, Western viewers, sort of touchstone for, like, fictional African countries slash kind of real African countries Mm -hmm. because most, you know, Western viewers in America especially are very ignorant about (laughs) Africa. Um, And this definitely plays into that of like, yeah, trying to create this utopia, but really it's like this very class-based society where the royals, you know, get to do whatever they want and have fun fight training and (laughs) roam with the elephants in their backyard and have the royal ladies, you know, wash their royal penises and vaginas. And that part's always weird. But um, always, you know, but then at the same time, like everyone else is like shoeless and wearing, you know, tiny tribal fabric outfits and headdresses, which are not uncommon. But, you know, it's just um, still, I agree, like very underdeveloped and just kind of like a mishmash of what Americans think of when they think of Africa very broadly. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was such a big miss here, especially because, yes, this is the second time that we go to Zamunda. There's a good chance to like actually develop the history a bit more, develop like the textures, but instead I have no idea if this is supposed to be based off a real African country and 
Instead, it's just like a very disappointing, we're stuck in the palace and we're rich Africans and then everyone else is like a tribal person. Yeah, it was very strange to me like where exactly Zamunda's place was on like the international stage as well, just because Mm -hmm. at the very end of the movie, Lavelle, they're like, Lavelle's going to be ambassador to America. And I was like... Why? <laughs> what? Like I didn't what's going on here? Also the fact that like they're like at one point, um Arsenio Hall is like, you can't just walk around, you're the king, like people recognize your face. Mm-hmm. But no one does. And I'm like, isn't there like some like diplomatic like kind of protocol for how you're supposed to engage here? Like what mm-hmm. exactly is none of it made any sense. Like it just felt like a yeah. a, a they thought of the aesthetic of it first, and then they were like, okay, everything else is irrelevant. Like, we're just going to yeah. put people in here. Um, Trevor Noah's appearance in this was also an interesting choice to me as well. Yeah, like, that was definitely... He played, um like, a, the Zamunda News Network mm-hmm. anchor <laughs> yes. in, like, a terrible mustache. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, he's, like, actually, you know, one of yeah. the best-known Africans in America. So that was... What did you think of that character who did appear like quite a lot? Yeah, I was also just like, this is a, it felt again like a plot device where it was like, all right, here's how we're going to like check in with the normal Zamundans by having like Trevor Noah kind of translate what's going on here. But mm-hmm. I was just like, what is the point of your character in this movie <laughs> besides like kind of hinting at the turmoil within the palace? Like it's like, it just felt like there were so many shortcuts to plot in this mm-hmm. movie where they just used random kind of interstitial characters as a way to get around the fact that none of the characters were developed in any meaningful or interesting way. Right. Right. Yes. I think I think that this movie kind of was developed like plot first, for sure. It's definitely like shoehorning a lot of these plot details, but then also like continuing to just focus on the plot, even though it clearly doesn't seem to have enough time to actually be considerate of the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think brings me back to, so speaking of the plot, there is this huge part, which is around like preparing Lavelle to be a prince, basically. Like in order to actually assume the title of prince, the the family, including like Mika is like, well, let's actually see if he can do it first. So they put him through, yes, this like prince training, which involves learning the history of Zamunda, which is really just like remembering his ancestors' names. And then some other trials, two of which really stood out to me, um, because again, it was like just very much plot, not really developing the character in any meaningful way and just kind of fast forwarding from like him not caring to him suddenly being an expert. But um, one of the training sequences that also made me think like, oh, this is what you think Africa is, was when he had to like get whiskers from a lion. And when we were DMing, you were like, yeah, those CGI lines. And you're like, oh God, yeah, I did. they were so bad. Like they it just were reminded so bad. me. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. All the CGI and like the elephant. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I know maybe you couldn't afford like a real elephant. But then I kept thinking about, and you've watched the first one recently. Is the elephant in the first movie real? Um, I think it was actually, because okay. it, it's the same elephant, which is cute. Or like it's yeah. supposed to be the same elephant. But yeah. Times have changed. Times have changed, and we're all just fine with CGI animals, apparently. Like, I understand you don't want to put, like, Jeremiah Fowler in a fucking cage with a real lion. Like, I get it. I understand that's not, like, a thing that you want to do. But I was just like, this is, I don't like the way this is going. But, yeah, the entire you have to get the whiskers of a lion thing, I was just like, what is going on here? (laughs) Like, there's so many... It just, it felt, like, so weirdly outdated, like, as a conf, like, for, like, a modern country, where I was just, like, what exactly is, it just made me curious about, like, what the, what the, what do the royal family actually do within Zamunda? Mm -hmm. Like, is it, like, a parliament? Like, is, are they just, like, figureheads? Right. (laughs) Because I was, like, if this is how you're preparing to be a prince, like, what about the actual, like, ruling part? Like, is he going to meet any, like, people within the country to find out what they actually need like yeah so I felt I felt the same way about like what is this country supposed to be that we are subjecting the prince to like 
being attacked by a lion, having to pull a whisker. Like, what does that actually say about his ability to be a prince? Because Akeem does not seem like a person who has ever had to interact with that or like, but also maybe like, maybe that's what it means to be royalty that you're attacking or defending yourself from lions. Maybe. <laughs> Seems like a, I've, I've never been a royal. So maybe, maybe that's what all royals have to do. I mean, true. Maybe that's what Megan and Harry were doing. And that's why they peaced out. They were just like, fuck that shit. I'm not putting myself <laughs> in danger for this white ass bullshit. But like, right. <laughs> I just, I was, I just didn't understand, like, what exactly the point was of, also, like, why did he need to find an heir immediately? Like, I get that they were like, oh, you're going to get assassinated within a week if you don't find an heir. And I was like, that's That's a pretty good reason. (laughs) I was like, that's a good reason, but also that seems extreme. Like, why did they wait until his dad died to assassinate him? It would have seemed smarter to do it beforehand. Not this is true. Plotting is for true. political assassination, <laughs> but also like I just I had so many questions. <laughs> right, it's like they're super fast forwarding because yeah, like Wesley Snipes is the general of Nextoria, as we've named it. Is like I super. Think that's the he's name just of like. It. <laughs> I think it is, honestly. Like, that's how little they care to develop this. But um, he, yeah, he's, like, very anxious about, I need you to reunite our countries or I will kill you. So get this prince ready to go and he'll marry my hot daughter, who we'll get into in a second. But the other prince trial, like the final one, that really disturbed me was the royal circumcision. <laughs> Which was, ooh, and they were like, so basically, like, the final step is he has to be circumcised, which he argues, I already, you know, that's the thing we do in America pretty often. Done that, been there, doesn't matter. <laughs> been I there, don't wanna, done that. Don't, don't want to think about the here. logistics, right? No. And uh, that was very disturbing. So, yeah, what do you, what did you make of that and where it kind of left us, which is like, he can be prince because he got his extra foreskin cut off that he already didn't have. Yeah, I mean, also, he didn't even get it cut off. Like, he, they were playing mm-hmm. a joke on him. <laughs> they yeah. were just like, oh, which was, I mean, I get, like, in the moment, like, you, you can't understand what's going on when you think your dick's about to get cut off. Like, I don't know what that feels like, but... <laughs> yeah. Like, he was just like, he holds up, it's a potato in this box. Mm-hmm. And so they cut it off. And so the guy, who is this, like, weird medicine man, mm-hmm. bullshit, like character uh like eats the end of a potato which like you're not supposed to eat raw potatoes it's really bad for you um <laughs> he eats in the potato and he like jermaine fowler's like what the fuck is going on here and then they pull it out and they're like oh it's actually just a potato and i'm like wouldn't you have like noticed if the tip of your dick didn't get cut off <laughs> i don't know maybe you don't i don't know anything about having a dick so like i can't this really is true. i can't speak to this experience i just feel like you would have noticed that your, the tip of your dick didn't get cut off but so like the point of the trial is that he's like willing to give up what's most important to him which is like his pride mm-hmm. and i was just like that doesn't seem like a thing that any of the royals have done yeah i was like a all of you seem very proud i don't know mm-hmm. what you're talking about pride here B, what does this have to do with ruling a country? Like, I, where are the diplomacy lessons? <laughs> like, this feels like there was more development of what to do for a country in Princess Diaries than there was in this movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this I is just, so true. I was, I was so confused. Um, yeah, I, I, the Prince Trials were just, and then somehow he managed to get Mika to like, be on his side after Mika was upset. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't think Mika should have given in so easily to like you being the new prince. I mean, I love Kiki Lane. She deserves better than this movie to be completely honest. (laughs) Um, But I was just like, I don't like how quickly everything is coming together. Like there's no real friction to anything happening here. Totally. But the only sort of like opposition, I guess that is there is, and as I said, we will get to the hot daughter that you might be betrothed to, but there is this sort of, like, love interest that mm-hmm. Lavelle has. So yeah. in my doc of, like, notes, I literally could not remember her name, which, again, 
speaks to the development. Um, I looked it up and it's Oma, I think. Um, so that's her. But it's basically the royal hairstylist who like becomes his friend and is the only one to tell him, hey, isn't it kind of weird that you're like immediately sacrificing your own ideals, whatever those may be, to just like you know, join in on this thing where you don't even know this guy. Apparently he's your dad, but he's never been there for you. Like even now you don't have a relationship with him. You don't know anything about this country, but you were just willing to like be circumcised for it. Like she's the only one sort of challenging him. Mm-hmm. So very quickly he's like, "Ah, oh, yes, you are so right. And then of course he's like falling in love with her right before of course. this sudden of course. betrothal scene. Yeah. I, listen, I love a romance. I love a fast, like, falling in love timeline. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't mind those things. But this made no sense. She does his hair twice. They have a conversation (laughs) Mm -hmm. about how she wants to open her own barbershop. But apparently women can't open businesses in Zamunda. And I was like, you're telling me that, like, Lisa McDowell never raised any objections to how sexist this country was. Like, I find that hard to believe. Um, Like, didn't they meet at a protest in the first movie? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, literally like a black activist rally. Like, I just don't believe that Lisa would be like, nope, (laughs) women can't own businesses in this country that I am Mm -hmm. theoretically running. Like, and that's also what's weird. It's like her character was completely sidelined when I'm like, you are also the ruler of this country. Like, you should have some input into what's what's going on here. That's why Akeem married you is because he wanted a partner, not somebody who would just sit quietly. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, what has happened in the past 30 years to make y'all like this? It, it's so true. Yeah, I was very disappointed with how wasted Lisa was. And even though she would like push back in defending, as you mentioned before, like her daughters, especially Mika saying, you have an heir right here. She's perfect. What about you, Lisa? Like you've been just sitting at home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like you're a queen. What role model are you? Like Mm -hmm. you haven't been doing anything. We're hearing about how sexist this country is when you were like basically secretly running your dad's franchise and like being a community organizer and suddenly you are a royal so you just kind of chill out and like have beautiful big hair and take naps amazing clothes like i love all your outfits but what does that matter (laughs) for how this country is being run right and it's especially disappointing too because like then we go into this betrothal scene. I just love saying betrothal, which is it's why a great I word. No, I'm into it's it. A great Keep word. <laughs> um, we go into the betrothal scene, and the whole thing, as we've talked about, is like Akeem had totally shirked that. Like he married Lisa because he didn't want to just marry some woman he was arranged to be with. And so, even though the circumstances here are like he's trying to unite the country so he doesn't die are, you know, pretty serious. It was really disappointing to see how they, like, basically just allowed this to happen. And he was just like, okay, you just have to marry this person. We'll take a brief pause here to throw to an ad. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. Yeah, they kind of framed it as Lavelle's choice because he was attracted to her. And I was like, there was a very cursory moment where um, Akeem was like, Lavelle, you want to marry Tiana Taylor? Which 
if you say no to marrying <laughs> Tiana Taylor in the moment, I don't, I question everything about you. And right. he's like, yeah, I'm good with that. And it's like, okay, cool. I guess we're going to do this. Like we, we got rid of the arranged marriage because Lavelle very quickly consented to getting married. It's also just like Lavelle, you're 30 and you're not married currently, which is not a problem, but you're willing to get married within a week now. Like what has kept you from getting married up until this point? If you're willing to get married now. Yeah, I guess the the issue was that Tiana Taylor, sadly, was not in America because she's Samundian. <laughs> so had she been an American, as she is in real life. He, he would have already been married, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That, that's truly the only roadblock. It is weird yeah. how, like, I mean, and, like, we don't know him very well. So maybe yes. that's just the kind of crap he pulls. But, yeah, right. It's good to remember, like, Tiana Taylor showed up and immediately he was like, she's hot because she is. And then, you know, he's cool with it. But then it does shift a bit because now he's in love with the mm-hmm. hairdresser bench. And <laughs> <laughs> so we do have this dance sequence that's basically, like, you know, mimicking one of the most memorable sequences from the first movie, which is where they have this really beautiful, elaborate dance before introducing the um, bride-to-be. The, the difference here is that Tiana Taylor is an amazing dancer, so she actually, like, yeah. leads it. Yeah. Honestly, that was, like, probably my favorite scene. Oh, Because I love her. I yeah, love Tiana and- Taylor. I was just like, I want more for Tiana Taylor in this movie. Right. Like, where where's she going after this movie happens? Like, yeah, <laughs> what's she up to? <laughs> Right. Especially because she apparently retired from music. So I just have a lot of Tiana Taylor grievances um, right now. But she led this amazing dance, but then she sucks. Like, completely wasted. Yeah. Like, afterward, it turns out, even though he was into her because she's hot, she's exactly like that woman that Akeem didn't want to marry in the first movie, where it's literally word for word the same um, conversation. Mm you know, having just watched it and now clearly being uh, someone who memorized the script or whatever. Um, It's like (laughs) word for word, same conversation where she's like, I like anything you like. I want to do anything you do. And it's like very disturbing, of course, to see Tiana Taylor in that role, but just Mm -hmm. upsetting that this is kind of what we're seeing potentially the average African woman being seen as in this movie. Yeah, it's very much like, okay, Akeem's daughters aren't like that, but that's because their mother is Lisa. Mm. Oma isn't (laughs) like that, but, like, she's apparently the only one who doesn't have an issue with the fact that women can't own businesses. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just very uh, a weird setup. Because his mother, Akeem's mother in the first movie, was kind of pushing... Akeem's father towards being more progressive, like, as the movie, like, went on. Right, And so I'm like, what... What happened to his mother? Like, what? I just really... I want to know about the three decades that happened in between the first movie and the second movie more than I want to know what happened in this movie. Because I'm just like, Mm -hmm. this movie would have made more sense if it picked up, like, immediately after that movie had ended than if it picked up 30 years later. Because, like, the fact that almost nothing has changed to the point that, like, this random outsider has to come in and, like, immediately shake shit up Mm -hmm. on a very basic level. Like, not even, like oh, we need to, like, I don't even know, like, something that actually is relevant for 2020, it's like, oh, we have to do the very bare minimum and let women (laughs) own a business and, like, be able to inherit the crown. It's like, why are you... What's going on here? Right. What's happening? Right. (laughs) I love the idea of it, like, even if it had picked up from, you know, where we left off immediately and then fast-forwarded or something... I don't even know. Or, like, with all the exposition, I agree. Like, they should have at least filled in way more of the blanks between 1988 and now. Because, I like, yeah, why why didn't anyone say that the Queen was dead in the beginning? She was way cooler than James Earl Jones. Yeah. Like, why is no one upset about this? Because I agree. Like, she was definitely more progressive. She wanted her son to be close to her. She was the one who supported him marrying Lisa. But... Suddenly, yeah, once she dies, of course, and the men are the only ones in charge, things of course. get bad again. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, naturally. Of course. But it's also, like, she dies, but Lisa's still there. Like, I just... Right. The way Lisa's character was treated, like, she didn't even fully speak up until... Like, there's the night of the betrothal where um, Tiana Taylor and Lavelle are supposed to be, like, 
confirming that they're going to get married to each other. Yeah. But Lavella's like, yo, I really love my barber. So I'm going to get the fuck up out of here and go back to America. Which, like, this private jet moves at the speed of light. I did not know you so could. So fast. So fast. <laughs> um, and during the sequence of this party, Les- Leslie Jones and Lisa get really drunk together. And they finally, like, connect. Which I'm like, Lisa, you haven't theoretically haven't seen anyone from Queens in like 30 years like I would think you would be more like I understand it's a weird situation but like I would think you would have been more happy about like having a friend from Queens but it takes them both getting drunk together for that to happen and then finally Lisa's drunk and then she's finally like coming after Akeem and being like yo what is wrong with you you were supposed to be different like what's happened to the man I married and I'm like Lisa where have you been for the past 30 years like why haven't you said this beforehand (laughs) Right, right. Like, did he suddenly not be the same? Like, did he suddenly change very dramatically? Because it doesn't really seem like it. You know, like, of course, this whole air conversation must have come up many times by now. Many times. You've had three girls at this point. Like, it would have come, like, Anne Boleyn was killed after the first one. Like, we had this conversation (laughs) before. There's no way. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, it was just, it didn't make much sense. Again, Lisa, very wasted. And I love that, you know, I loved when she brought up, I haven't seen anyone from Queens in forever, because I agree, like, that would have been a really interesting tension, too. How did Lisa feel about having to move to this place of Zamunda, having three amazing daughters? Like, that must have been very hard for her. Mm -hmm. And we don't get really any insight into that until this very brief moment and, like, those snippets of conversation. Um, But as you mentioned, yes, like, Lavelle ends up ditching Zamunda, going back to America with uh, his girl, Barbara girl. <laughs> and suddenly, they also have to get married. What did you think of that point, I was which so was very confused. weird? I was I was like, yeah. why are you? Okay. Because he was, he decides to get married after he hears Akeem having a conversation with the, I guess, general ruler of next doria which is apparently like a military run countries i was just Mm -hmm. like all right that's weird like that's regressive but whatever um so he like they're having a conversation and he's like you're more like your father than i thought you were to akeem like look at you using this boy as a pawn and lavelle hears this and i'm and he gets upset and i'm just like lavelle you should have seen the writing on the wall like mm-hmm. you came to this country because they had money. Y'all were using each other. It was mutual. Yeah. Why are you upset now? Like <laughs> clearly right. this man has children and the only reason he wants you is because you are a son. This game was ridden before you the moment you stepped <laughs> off the plane. Why are you upset at this very moment enough to flee the country to go back to America to marry this girl from Zamunda? And I'm like, why are you getting married? You just met her a week ago. Like, it makes sense when you're like, oh, it doesn't make sense. But like, when you're a royal, it's like, okay, we have to do this fast because royal protocol. I don't know. But there's literally no reason for them to get married in that mm-hmm. moment because he's not even planning to come back to Zamunda. Like, why are you getting married in Queens? Like, I fully did not. And it was like, okay, if they were like really in love and it was like a really cute, like little rom-com story and I was like investing yeah. them as a couple, I would have been like, oh my God, cute. But like, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't at all. Not at all. Especially because like, this is when I started getting mad again too, because I felt the same way. Like, clearly don't even remember her name like not at all invested in this so it's not like oh yeah you're finally you found the love so why not get married first of all no don't believe in that but two the wedding that they're gonna have was so gross like in that weird fake church with and they make fun of it too with the pastor who's not wearing shoes who i think is played by arsenio hall it was so gross and weird and i was like you took this beautiful African woman to yes. like crap hole part of Queens into this gross fake church. Like, why? Why are you doing this? Yeah, I'm like, there, I have been to Queens. I usually <laughs> live in New York. Like, there are many places that you could have gone to get married on a short notice that are better than this place. But again, mm-hmm. 
why are you getting married on short notice? Like, it's like, if he had been up until that point, like, if part of his character development was, I really want to be in love, and, like, that's something I've never experienced before, I would have been like, all right, cool, like, we'll have an aerial daddy, I love him moment. But (laughs) that was nowhere part of his storyline. So I'm like, okay, if the pressure of being Prince of Zabunda is off of you now, why do you feel the need to get married at this moment you've known this woman for a week mm-hmm. like you there's no reason to not just date like i just didn't understand what the accelerated marriage timeline was for other than right. for like the drama which i love drama but it, <laughs> it didn't work yeah it didn't work it was really strange and it was just like at that movie it felt or at that moment it felt like the movie was running on fumes, mm-hmm. especially because somehow oh Akeem, you know, he catch, he knows that this is happening. And of course, because he's always just knows where everybody is and what's happening, where, despite Queens being the biggest borough in the New York City, he <laughs> ends up at this weird church and is like able to, you know, object and is like, don't get married. Um, and then, of course, Barber girl is like, I don't want to get married here anyway. I'm from Zamunda. So they go back to Zamunda. It's but just also like at the like while those two were getting married, like next Doria decides to like invade to they they come originally to see if Lavelle's gonna marry Tiana Taylor, but Lavelle is indisposed in America. And so his daughter, Mika, like kicks everybody's asses. And, like, the general's just like, someone should have told you to be more polite. And Mika's like, fuck you. And then her and her sisters in Arsenio Hall get into this fight sequence, and they just kick everybody's asses. And I'm like, wait, I'm confused. If this was the solution here, why didn't we do this in the first place? Like someone shows up and threatens to assassinate yes. your dad and you're just rolling with it. Why didn't you just kick his ass yeah. the first time? I'm like, wait, so we were really worried about Akeem getting assassinated when his daughters could have just murked these people so fast. Like, I'm really I'm confused as to why. Like, there was no external pressure if this was the solution. If three women <laughs> under the age of 21 could beat these men's asses, what was the point of this whole movie? Oh, my God. And so, apparently, they come to some diplomatic solution that we just don't see because, like, I mean, I would also come to a diplomatic solution if someone was holding, like, a staff to my neck. Like, I don't want to die like that. I'm sure <laughs> mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes doesn't want to die like that. Um, but I was just like, okay, all this is getting wrapped up real easily, but it could have been wrapped up before any of this movie happened. (laughs) And then it made me, it definitely at the same time made me think all the time I would have gone back. Yes. I I was just like, had so much more free time. What if this could have just been the first 30 minutes of the movie or like, I don't even, yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was definitely a lot. And it was just like, what was the, there was really no point in having that subplot basically with how like quickly they were able to kick this guy's Mm -hmm. ass, which was like a cool scene because I do love seeing young girls, like, as you said, merc a (laughs) shitty dude. Yeah. Love that. Merc it. It It was exactly what it was. And uh, seeing Arsenio Hall beat some people up too was fun. But yeah, definitely did not need to happen. So then everyone comes back from America. This has happened. So now it's like, oh, we don't actually have to worry about our, or um, we don't have to worry about next Doria anymore. So uh, now everyone can be happy, which we could have been happy many, many minutes ago. Yes, yes, because, like, so everyone comes back, uh, Lavelle gets married, and at the wedding party, like, Akeem says to his daughter, he's like, you're going to be the heir. Like, when I go, you're going to be the heir. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, this was so easy. (laughs) Like, y'all can't see my face, but I'm just, like, the expression. (laughs) I was like, my eye was twitching. Like, I just, like, (laughs) I was like, wait, you, it took you this long to get to this conclusion. And what's wild is, like, this movie, in the grand scheme of movies that are far too long, this movie wasn't even that long. This was, like, a tight 90, pretty much. And, like, oh my I God, love a really? tight... Yes, it, this was, like, an it hour, so 43 minutes, maybe. I was like, this is a short movie. So, for, <laughs> I was like, what has happened for this to take so long to get to this? This could have happened in the first 20 minutes. Like, we all knew Mika would have made a great, like, queen. 
Then Lavelle mm-hmm. didn't have to get married. And Nextoria got their asses kicked. And now it's fine, apparently. <laughs> it None of it felt earned. Like, nothing right? that happened felt earned to me. <laughs> and, like, Akeem... So I guess, like, Akeem has learned something from this and that now he can, like, be more of a feminist. But, yeah, did any of this have to happen for that to occur? Like, it was so disappointing that this, like, kind of happy-go-lucky dude who just really wanted to, like, be different than his dad has suddenly become his dad for, like, really no reason. And now we have to go through... I really thought this movie was, like, at least two hours. It felt so long to me. And I never paused it either. Wow. No, I paused it multiple times. I think it took me, like, two and a half hours to watch it because I kept pausing. I mean, I was also, like, (laughs) theoretically working. I was... But I just kept having to pause it and be like, all right, cool. Mm -hmm. It felt very much like the movie started from the premise that we want to get all these black stars in a room and in a movie. And then it went backwards from there in terms of, like, plot and character development. And it was very, a very strange experience, which was made stranger by how egregious the branding in the movie was. Like, I don't know if you noticed, maybe it's because I kept pausing, but I was just Mm. like, I've never noticed branding as much as I did in this movie. Like, Pepsi, Fashion Nova, Friskies? Like, oh, yeah. Spotify, <laughs> Lyft. I was like, I, I can tell this movie. Like, I was like, so this movie was so you could get a bunch of black stars in a room so you could get a shit ton of brand deals. Like, that is, it felt like an ad. <laughs> For what, I don't I don't even know. Like, it felt like an extended, one of those really extended 15-minute ads where it's like, this is a story. And I'm like, I didn't, what was the point? What was the point? It literally should have just been a Super Bowl ad, honestly. Yeah, yeah, honestly. We didn't need a whole movie. It could have just been a series of little Super Bowl ads. Yes. And that would have been fine. It would have been completely fine. And yeah. I'm like, this is, I think, maybe one of the worst like uses of the nostalgia vehicle, which is so disappointing because I'm like, I love seeing like Morgan Freeman in a movie with like James Earl Jones and all these like other black stars. Mm-hmm. But for what? Like for right. what reason? Like also like Salt and Pepper showed up and also um and Vogue showed up and I was like, that's cool. I like that into that. Also Gladys that, Knight. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. I was like, it just it felt like a randomly stitched together series of like nostalgic moments. And it was, I was like, I mean, I'm in, I'm enjoying seeing these people, but I feel like there could have been a better way to do this. Totally. Totally. Um, I did like also in the very long credits ahead, like mid credits and post credits that they had John Legend from his home. Did you notice that? Did you make it through the credits? I didn't know. Of course I, I was. <laughs> I, I heard the, the only John reason. Legend track. I heard John Legend track, and I'm going to be honest, John Legend had a moment, and I really love Ordinary mm-hmm. People, but like whenever Same. I hear John Legend's voice now, I'm just like, I find you so corny. It's honestly ridiculous. Oh, it was peak <laughs> corny. The only reason my computer, I was Chromecasting from my computer, and I it was in a different room, so I couldn't really pause it, so I just let it roll, <laughs> and that's why I saw like all of the credits, and also I was just mad at that point. Yeah. But um, there was that like song that was like all falsetto that um one of the like attendants sang when he was introducing tiana taylor the Mm -hmm. original like the Mm -hmm. first time so they showed john legend actually performing that in full but it was like him he filmed it in his home like clearly during the pandemic Mm -hmm. and it was like kind of low quality so that was actually kind of cute um uh, but it it was also very corny because then at the end he was like love you guys or something like it was really it was like a youtube video basically yeah um but you know it, it was a kind of cute way to end but i agree like definitely a big waste of lots of black talent from many different generations um ultimately yeah just like a big disappointment especially because as you said you haven't watched the original in a long time but i had just watched it the night before and i loved it as a kid and I really did still like it this time. Like, it was funny. It was fun to, like, see New York in the 80s because, you know, I wasn't alive then. And I live in Brooklyn now, too. And um, it's, like, a fun, cute rom-com. Like, I do like to see that relationship. But this movie just completely, like, dumps on that one. Like, tries to get the nostalgia, as you said, and fails. Just brutally fails. 
this insulted the original property yeah. where I'm just like, you... Yeah. It's like you didn't understand what made the movie good. Absolutely. That's exactly it. Um, so overall, recommended. Would Definitely watch. Definitely. I mean, see it so you can see it for yourself. Like, I, yeah. like my parents will probably like, like this movie, I think. Mm-hmm. But it just don't go in expecting like the kind of draw of the first movie at all. I am very excited to see the discourse around this movie. Like, I want to see too. what people think about this movie. I hope we generate the discourse from this podcast. <laughs> yes, love to see it. That's our show. Please subscribe to the Slate Spoiler Special podcast feed. And if you like the show, please rate and review it in the Apple Podcast Store or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have suggestions for movies or TV shows we should spoil, or if you have any other feedback you'd like to share, please send it to spoilers at slate.com. And for our Slate podcast listeners, help us make a better Slate by answering our survey. It'll only take a few minutes and you can find it at slate.com slash survey. Our producer is Morgan Flannery. I'm here with Rachel Hampton and I'm Allegra Frank. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.